Hello, welcome back to Send Him Off. We said last week it was our last one until the Premier League, and we're back. We're back already. 51 matches later, 142 goals and four penalty shootouts. The Euros is well and truly over. It went out with a bang as well. Italy, worthy winners, but I suppose a Welshman would say that. Uh, joining me is another Welshman, my ever-present podcasting partner, Alex. How are you doing? We can't stop, can we? We just can't, we can't. stop. We are addicted to the podcasting game. <laughs> <laughs> but not just Welshman today. No. We are joined, of course, by our favourite Scotsman. Yes. Callum, take it away. Callum, how are you doing, Callum? I'm very well, guys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Now, better Bye. after Sunday. That's the, that's the only dig I'm getting in. Better after Sunday. <laughs> uh, I haven't stopped eating bolognese. But, you know. To be honest with you, right? To be honest. Between between us, between the listeners, I did feel... Oh, I wouldn't have felt sorry for England if the penalties didn't go the way they did. And obviously, you know, what happened afterwards. But I think afterwards and what happened with the racism, with the, you know, with the online appeals and all that, I think it shows that I don't think England are actually ready to win anything at all yet as a country. Never mind the team. I don't think the country's ready. I think we should point out it is a minority of fans, really, though. Yeah, like- but... Still, you know, it's still getting highlighted. It's still a yeah, problem with all the stuff they're putting into it. It's still a problem. You, do, you, you just know, wonder, you know, you wonder how much more needs to be done. You know, it's you know, there was obviously so much. You know, we're taking the knee, and you know, even you know, we had the, the social media blackouts across pretty much all football across the UK. Um, what just a couple of months ago, um, and you know, it's it's in the media every single day. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a sickening thing to see between the online abuse the Marcus Rashford's uh, kind of mural um, as well. Just, yeah, you don't want to see it in the game. And I think it was Harry Kane that, that came out and said, Look, you know, these aren't England fans, we don't want no, you, you know, and yeah. fully support fully support him in that as well. So, mm. so yeah, it's, it's a shame, you know, between that and then obviously pre-match with the fans, I say fans, you know, um, you know, people turning up, trying to get into the stadium and, and getting into the stadium without tickets and starting fights and everything. It's not what you want to see, um, but We'll move on from that, will we, and just concentrate on the football. Yeah. yeah. Speaking, oh, that is what we're speaking of the football, I think the big talking point really from Sunday for me was from a managerial point of view, should Bukayo Saka have been taking that fifth penalty, regardless of whether he stepped up to say yes? You know, I think a lot of players would say, I want to do it. You know, I feel confident. I've had a good Euros, which he did. You know, I thought he had a really, really good competition. I thought he's one of England's best players, to be honest, particularly given his age. But I think Southgate should not have put him on that fifth penalty. I think the, the general consensus for penalties is you put your best players to take the first penalties in you. Whether he thought Bukayo Saka was one of his best penalty takers, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have a clue. Uh, Jack Grealish said afterwards, you know, he put his name forward and said, you know, I would have taken one, but Southgate obviously decided not to. I don't know. Um, I think it, I think it was one of their moves that Southgate might have had in his head and said, right, this is either going to work in my favour and I'm going to look like an absolute genius because of what I've just done, or it could go the way it did. And unfortunately, you know, I say unfortunately, for unfortunately them. For, for them, exactly, it went the way it did. But... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I think they all wanted to try and be a hero. And I think for a 19-year-old black black man, which is, you know, let's just get down to it. That's, that's what it, I think that's what it came down to for him. I think he wanted to show that, you know, 
trying to break those racial barriers. You know, anyone could be a hero, 19 years old, black man in the UK facing all this race. I think that's that kind of had something to do with it as well. So from that point of view, I do feel I do feel very bad. I, I do feel bad for for Saka, but that's as far as my sympathy goes. I think um, <laughs> I do feel bad for him. You know, he's a, he's a fantastic player as well. That's the thing. And he'll be remembered for this for a long, long time. Like, I feel like no matter what he goes on to achieve, it's like Southgate. If Southgate had won, the only way Southgate is ever going to get rid of the missing the penalty in Euro 96 is by winning it, by winning the tournament as England manager. That's the only way. But um, in terms of the game itself, I thought after about half an hour, 40 minutes, England just sort of disappeared. I just didn't really... I wasn't impressed with them after... I mean, the Luke Shaw goal. You know, everybody talks about how when Kieran Trippier scored that free kick against Croatia, their life peaked. I think the, the Luke Shaw goal is the new one. Um, and I almost switched off <laughs> at that point. I thought, oh, we're in for a long night. Um, sure. No, I said all week, I'm not going to watch it. I didn't watch a Denmark game. I just couldn't bring myself to. I couldn't do it. But um, yeah, I did. I caved. There was nothing else to do. You know, Love Island was pushed back to 10 o'clock. <laughs> So there's nothing else. Um, I think those first two minutes, you know, I don't think England fans will forget that in a hurry, you know, the the high and the wave of emotion that they'll have had after that. But I think you're right, you know, Sam, and what you say there that, you know, they just kind of, they disappeared, you know, absolutely disappeared. And and players like Mason Mount in particular were just non-existent really, Um, you know, and I think, you know, taking off Rice in the second half was probably a bit of an error on Southgate's part as well. Um, but I mean, going going back to the penalties briefly, um, Alex. You know, he mentioned Grealish, and I, I did see that he put out on social media himself that you know he wanted to take one. Um, but looking at the video, um, you know, just before the penalties, you know, Southgate's going around speaking to the players, getting the numbers off them, and all those kind of things. He had Pickford ahead of Grealish to take a spot mm-hmm. kick by the looks of it. Um, you know, which is just I, I know Pickford has got a, a record of scoring penalties in a shootout, and you know, fair play, he's got the confidence to do it, but. You know, I do, I do query whether you know putting Saka on that fifth, you know, high pressure penalty as well, um, was really the right thing to do. So, as you say, if it had worked, he would have been a hero, and and everybody would have been saying, you know, this this managerial prowess that he has. But, you know, ultimately it just didn't work out for them. And I think Roy Keane was quite vocal in, in his criticism of it as well, saying that these kind of senior pros shouldn't be putting Saka in that position. Ultimately, it comes down to Southgate as well and his coaching mm-hmm. staff. Um, Saka's never taken a penalty in his life, I don't think, professionally. Yeah. Um, you know, so you got to query that one. But, um, you know, on the whole, they look back, they had a fantastic tournament. You know, they obviously, um, you know, reached the final and were very, very close to it, I suppose. But, um, yeah, come on, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, it was so impartial. And then at the end, you just brought it in there. You know, I had to get it in there. Yeah. I, mean, what, what, I agree. One player that's really impressed me, and interestingly, I you could see him put his hand up when Southgate was in the circle, was Calvin Phillips. I've been really, really impressed with Calvin Phillips this tournament. He's looked so, like, and with all due respect to Leeds, he's looked better than a Leeds player. Like, and I mean that with all due respect to Leeds. Um, but, you know, he's playing... I see what you mean, though, because there was, a, there was a few players in that England team that sort of changed my perspective of them. Like I was looking at um, Jordan Pickford in that 
penalty shootout in the very end and he was like psyching himself up said right don't worry you got it you got it you got it and then he goes and saves the penalty i thought do you know what actually you've changed a lot in my opinion like you've come up come like come up in my estimation quite a lot because i didn't really have him down somebody who was that mentally strong like i I'm know we you know go on. i'm pretty sure when we picked our squads alex because we did and i said he would get no any other team i thought that alex would i think he I, said i'm not taking him yeah, I say that. And now I'll hold my hands up. I've changed my mind altogether. I, I've changed my mind quite a bit about Declan Rice as well. I didn't really rate Declan Rice. I really rate him now. Um, you know, what do I know about football? Do you know what I mean? What do I know? Um, yeah, there was a few. There was a few, truth be told. But um, yeah, John Pickford in particular during that penalty shooter, I was very impressed with. Um, we moan as big, well. Big balls. Yeah, you're ma- 100%. That's what I think about with Pickford. He's, he's really... I, I feel like he's matured a lot. Like, he seems so much more focused. Um, but anyway, we mourn as much uh, enough as Welshman, and I'm sure as a Scotsman, that the media only pay attention to England. So um, let's let's talk about Italy. Let's talk about the, the actual winners. The, the actual winners of the game. Um, they were... I mean, they were just superb from start to finish, weren't they? Um, like, that, that first game against Turkey... Uh, just I just remember watching it like a month ago and say I didn't think they'd win it though. And only only in the last like two weeks have me and you, Alex, been like, it's Italy. I think you clocked on before me. I, I clocked on sort of I, I was sort of watching the group stage. I thought these are a sharp team. They're pretty I don't know, right. Let's let's get Callum's unit first because I don't want to give all mine, Callum. Yeah. I think I, I was very wrong about Italy, to be honest. I think you know, when when I came on to speak to you guys the last time. You know, I think I kind of put Italy in the same camp as um, like Holland and even Spain to a certain extent as being these kind of sleeping giants that, you know, had kind of fallen away from the hype of international football. I think they weren't even in the top 10, um, you know, the rankings, which are, you know, by the by, I suppose. But um, I didn't think that they would go and lift it until, yeah, probably, um, you know, the, the game just after the group phase, I think, you know, because... They obviously had, you know, with the exception of, of having Wales there, you know, it was a fairly um, decent group for them, um, and they and they negotiated that very well. Um, and then, yeah, they just kind of came on a, a really good game, I think, and just unstoppable. I mean, I, I did think that the loss of Spinozola um, might have uh, kind of taken them away a little bit and putting Emerson in there who, you know, can't even get on the pitch for his club, let alone, um, you know, playing in a, a, a Euros final. Um, I did think that might be their issue. And I think some of the teams did target Italy's left-hand side, but they just had enough quality everywhere else on the pitch to, to come through. That goalkeeper's um, you know, definitely added a, a few extra 100 million onto his price tag, probably. Hmm. Uh, although, uh, free transfer. But you know, I'm sure his next big move will be quite a big one as well. So, yeah, I think um, you know, that kind of youth complemented by the old guard at the back there, um, you know, they just looked unplayable at times. So, you know, across the tournament, uh, very, very worthy winners, I would say. Hmm. Their midfield really impressed me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They just controlled their, like, Verratti. And, I mean, if you told me three, three, four months ago that Jorginho would be, like, the fourth favourite for the Ballon d'Or, I would have laughed you up town. Like, I just, to, I've never really rated him before, but mm-hmm. I, this Euros, I really noticed it. Like, I think the, the reason he goes unnoticed, I don't know, if, I can't remember if we were talking about this in the group chat, but... The reason Jorginho goes unnoticed quite a bit for Chelsea, I think it's because of Kante mm. and the, the job Kante does. But Jorginho does a lot of the unseen work. And I think all the unseen work that he was doing at Chelsea was being seen for Italy. Because, you know, Verratti's not a Kante. But when when Jorginho was on the ball, 
you could see that you know that Italy team was ticking. I can't remember where I said it. Somebody, one of the comment um, uh, pundits said it, and um, they were saying when Jorginho was on the ball, like he was ticking the team over. He was everything that was everything good that was happening with Italy was going, sort of going through him. Mm. But when I think it was was it Spain they played. Yeah, can't in remember the if they had the, yeah in the set they might have had Spain and um, Spain sort of neutralised Jorginho and you could see that that sort of slowed Italy down so all of a sudden then you could see sort of his quality was coming through and but yeah it's definitely it really that kind of uh, midfield anchor man I suppose for them really that as you say was taking it from the back you know playing it right through the, the lines um, you know I think he was he was definitely an important player for them you know I don't think I like, I don't really rate Verratti that much I must admit I've never seen a player go to ground so much you know going in for sliding challenges and that so um, yeah I was quite surprised with that but um, yeah I think without him they would have maybe not quite uh, as dominated in midfield as they as they had been for, for their games so so yeah um, I think he's, he's he's definitely up there for one of the players of the tournament I know we'll get on to that at some point uh, You um, mentioned Spinazzola as well um, and I, I said I think I must have been watching the Italy game I said I, I, co- I couldn't tell you who he was initially. I didn't know he played for Rome. I didn't know who he was. But I was like, this guy, this, um, this left back, I can tell. He's, I thought he was going to be player of the t- tournament from the Turkey game because I thought he's so so good on the ball, good at defending, going, good at going forward. I thought, this is my player of the tournament. Unfortunately, he did get um, his injury. but And Donnarumma as well. What a goalkeeper! He's yeah, old, he's 21, 22. Uh, he's been about sixteen for the last twenty. Yeah, years. <laughs> yeah, he has, isn't he? But what, what a goalkeeper! He is a big boy as well, isn't he? he yeah, is a, yeah. And you feel confident with him in goals. You know, when 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 he was saving those penalties in the in the final, there he looked as though he must have been a couple of yards off his line before he before he dived for the ball. Well, uh, well to but, be honest, when when Saka missed it, I stopped, I cheered, and then sorry, England fans, I cheered, and then I was like. Oh, is he off his line? I th- I genuinely thought he was off his line, so I just stopped because I was like, "VAR is going to kill him at another moment." Yeah. What a spring out of those legs that he's got! You know, yeah. and just just covers the ground in, in one bound. You know, so yeah, I think he'll go on to become one of the greats. You know, mm. absolutely. He's, he's, Interestingly, yeah. talking about um, Spinazzola, this Euros has been like the Euros of the right-footed left back because we've had um, is it Mela or Marlo something for <laughs> um, for Denmark. He was superb as well. Denmark as well, another team who just exceed. they became my second team after they absolutely pumped Everyone's, us. Everyone's everybody's second yeah. team to be fair. You can't dislike Denmark at all, no. really. Even even you know they they thrashed us. I you can you can't really dislike you know whether what happened to Christian Eriksen happened or not. I don't think you can dislike them because no, you know, I, I, I like them. They they and they got some decent players like Vestergaard. Yeah. Vestergaard does not look like I don't know like a fifteen million pound left back. In this tournament, he's looked like he's looked like at least a forty million pound um, uh, centre back, rather. And will Southampton cash in? Potentially, maybe. Might be a couple of. Uh, I think there's a lot of players who put themselves on the shop window this mm-hmm. summer. Um, Dumfries for the for the Netherlands. It's a superb tournament defensively. I'm not too sure because he essentially played as a striker, didn't he? he? Scored like three goals. He's just always in the opposition box. He's a right back. I think it's kind of been the, the tournament of the, not so much the unknowns, but a lot of these players, maybe younger players as well, that are playing, you know, in likes of the Dutch leagues or the Italian leagues that, to be honest, I don't watch um, as regularly as I maybe did when I was a kid. I so, watch a bit of um, Serie A, but I'm, I'm just like you, Carl. I don't, I don't watch these leagues near enough as much as I'd like to. 
Mm-hmm. I totally interrupted that, but I, I was no, just no. sort of reiterating your point. I'm really sorry, but no, yeah, I, I, no, I absolutely. No, I think you know that that's really, you know, I think it's kind of unearthed the next generation of, of talent that we're going to see coming into major clubs, you know, across the, you know, those that are challenging for the Champions League and things like that. You know, I think some of these younger players, especially in that Dutch team, I must admit, and I'd written them off before the tournament as just being you know, no hopers, I suppose, but um, kind of proved wrong a little bit. But yeah, a lot of good young players and a lot a lot of these squads, you know, we've seen it with even with Scotland, with you know, likes of Billy Gilmore and things like that, who, um, you know, kind of bossed Wembley when he, when, he, uh, when he came on for his appearance there. So, you know, I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot to be optimistic about just for the future of European football mm-hmm. in general. Definitely. Well, when we came to chat um, on Veilcast with you guys, um, we said, I think it was either me or Alex or both of us said, I don't think it'll be your last major tournament in, for long. For, I, don't, I don't think it'll be as long um, because you've Fair got a lot me. of young players. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, you know, a lot, lot of young players in the squad. I'm just begging we actually qualify for a World Cup next year because <laughs> 1958 was our last World Cup. Um, yeah. So I, think I mean, it's, it's one of those, though, with it being in uh, Qatar next year, isn't it, over Christmas? Yeah. So it's a bit of a different World Cup, but it'll still be hot as hell, I'm sure. So as, as uh, a bunch of Scots and Welsh, I'm sure we won't really appreciate that, that mm. heat. But um, yeah, we'd love, love to be there. For that. It's so a, that isn't be- it a dry country? As in, like, no alcohol? I guarantee um, that, that'll be the <laughs> first World Cup Wales and Scotland qualify for. Yeah. I guarantee it, right? Uh, no fans. <laughs> There'll be no one there from Wales and Scotland. I'll tell you that for nothing. Um, no, uh, any any other teams, Callum, who sort of took your fancy in this um, Czech Republic, and I'm not going to go into too much detail on them, unfortunately, given what happened with Scotland. But um, <laughs> they were a surprise package, I must admit. I didn't think that they would going to do as well as they did. Uh, Spain, you know, despite having star names, not, well, you know, no Real Madrid players in a Spain squad for the first time since I can ever remember. Um, you know, so they were a little bit of uh, the dark horse, I suppose, kind of similar to Italy in a way that you weren't really sure which which team you'd see. Um, so I was quite surprised that they progressed as far as they did. Um, especially, you know, the first couple of games, they didn't look as though they would be, um, you know, chasing the, the kind of final four. So, um, so they were a bit of a surprise package as well. Um, England getting as far as they did probably was a bit of a surprise. Um, just seeing some of those teams that didn't progress beyond the group stage, uh, and then teams like Germany, France, Portugal, who just went out with a whimper, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think it's it's been quite a surprise in Euros. I don't think we would have picked those four as the, the last four um teams left in it, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, a bit, a bit of a surprising one, but enjoyable, you know, it's been a Hell of a month of football. Um, yes, you know, and yes. Can't wait yeah. for the, the new season to start now, you know? Yeah. I mean, that that Group F, that Group of Death, was sort of, it was a kiss of death, really, wasn't it, in the end? Mm. Um, I mean, ironically, Hungary went out bottom of that group, and I think potentially they could be coming home from that Euros the happier of the four, <laughs> um, simply because of the way they played. Well, at last day, I think everybody swapped positions at least once yeah. during the 90 minutes or however long it was, you know, that they were playing. Because I think Portugal went from being like fourth to second, third, first, back to wherever, you know, they finished. I don't know. But um, yeah, 100% that, that group, I think it underperformed. England Ger- as well. Germany, Germany was sitting fourth. No, and, you know, Germany was sitting fourth, I think, with about 12 minutes to go or something like that. Yeah, so, it, it was crazy. Yeah. But there we are. It was a nice little road for England, I suppose. It, it did. It did sort of play into their hands. Don't like to take too much away from them because 
the lost. Um, but it, it did it did play in, like I, I, I was having it. I was having a bit of banter with someone in the comment section the other day just because I was looking for a bite. To be honest, I never normally do. But I just, I just look. You for, liar! You uh, Sam. I, Sam honestly, was on. I never normally. Do. Sam was on. And then, uh, and I, they they were like, "Oh, World Cup 2022," and I said, "Slight problem. You want to have six up to seven games of Wembley." <laughs> Like but yeah, that that was it. It was it was so. I, I was talking, you know. I don't want to get into the whole conspiracy theory now, but I, I was I put it in the group chat, didn't I? I was talking about some some mad theories that I came up with in my head, and I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to get into it. I mean, that's a different. You know, podcast. you know something though. I mean, they'll never have a better opportunity. I don't think. Hundred percent. No, and if you know. told me before it started that England would get to the final, I would have I would not have believed you for even a second because I, I think I said Absolutely. I was like England. I'm, you know, I'm going to pray. They're not going to win anything at all. And then they got to the final. And I thought those words were sort of going through the back of my head. I was like, oh, no. Don't and the pro- win. Don't problem win is it. now, because we've got a podcast now, right? It's not even in private. It's like public. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so we yeah. make remarks like that. You know, if like whoever that, wants like to if, listen. If, you know. if North Macedonia score one goal. Well, yeah, there we are. Right. Exactly yes. North. I forgot I about that as well. How, like, how many goals? <laughs> Yeah, I he think still haven't done it, it actually, Al. So oh, yeah, but the weather's turning nice now. So we just yeah, they are. I have to do it this week. We'll go end of this week, right? Make sure you wash your nice pants now, and uh, <laughs> and we'll have it running round. There we why, are. Why? Because it was with you as well, Callum. I said it with you, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. yeah, it was you and Omar that were on the podcast, and I said it. And whatever. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Shall we discuss um, some not awards, if you like, but titles? Uh, Shall we start at the bottom and go for a flop of the tournament? Now, this could be like a player or a team. Uh, Callum, who'd you go for? Well, I've got one obvious one and one not so obvious one. Um, so I'll, I'll maybe give you the obvious one to start with. Um, Kylian Mbappe mm, yeah. did nothing, didn't he? You know, so uh, all the hype, you know, and he's, he's a hell of a player, you know, no denying that, but he just didn't turn up. Um, you know, a lot of that France team didn't turn up at all, you know, throughout the tournament. But um, I think especially disappointed um, with, with his, uh, what, what was it, zero goals. Uh, the assist he got was chopped off you know it just yeah the stats don't make good reading for him so for me somebody that is a world cup winner um is uh great to think what his market value would be for a transfer just now so um so yeah for me that was the maybe the obvious flop um my other flop is actually a medal winner from the euros um a gold medal winner from the euros um immobile up front for Italy. Mm-hmm. i have never seen a lazier footballer in all of my life and and selfish with it as well. I think there's so many times I've my head in my hands throughout the, the tournament watching him play, where there was the easy ball that he could just play through to, um, you know, Insigne or somebody like that to go through one on one with the keeper. But no, he tried to beat eight men and then send off a worldie from thirty yards, whatever. So um, I, I put that in the chat the other night, didn't I? At just a random points. I think I called every single Italy player bar Chiellini, Donnarumma. Bonucci and Jorginho pants at one point. <laughs> like, it was just in the chat every five minutes. Uh, Emerson is pants. Like, immobile, rubbish. Like, I don't but... know how he got into that team, to be honest with you. I think they would have been better off with Balotelli up there. Just, um, <laughs> And that's saying something. So, yeah, for me, he was a bit of a... Uh, you know, he's gone away with a winner's medal, so he'll be feeling on top of the world and he'll probably get the freedom of Italy. But um, just looked... Yeah, they, they could do much better up. Alex. That's for it to be a miss. Italy are missing. I think they are missing a strike, like a proper out-and-out strike, and they have done for years. But my, like like you, I did. You know, Mbappe did cross my mind for the flop, but I went for Portugal because I I don't think Portugal performed as well as I 
thought they could have done. I thought they got a better. T- they had a better team this tournament than they did five years ago when they won it. And what was the deal with Ed coming out with the trophy? And did anyone see I that? Know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a bit of a cheek him coming out. Just I think that I was know. his only contribution to it, the whole tournament. He didn't look very happy, did he? It was um, not at all. A very strange one. I, I um, think the but, issue with Portugal is the same as France. I think they've got they've won something now, and they've got too many egos in the team. Personally, for me, like I think Mbappe's biggest problem is his attitude at the moment. I think, you know, for a twenty-one-year-old, twenty-two-year-old, he just he needs to calm it down a little bit. I think, or come and do it in the Premier League. That's a challenge. I think because Killian, if you're listening, mate, right? <laughs> come over, come over to the Premier League, or I'll give you a real challenge. Guess Swansea City promotion. I, I was about to say that. Go and do what um, Renato Sanchez did and come to Swansea, and then you'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I went for Portugal. I just thought they could, they could have impressed me a bit more. They could have got a bit further in the tournament. You know, I had them down to get to the final, or at I'm least the semi-final. I had them to win it. I did. Originally. Uh, well, exactly. You know, they were one of my ones to win it too. Um, what was the other question you had? I, or have I you not answer, asked me that yet? No, I don't know. Um, we oh, well, there we are. My flop of the tournament was um, everybody's dark horses, Turkey. So I, every, everyone before was oh you know turkey 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 yeah even i was like i i think they could top a group now but yeah over italy but well i was the only one didn't i because i said last time i was the only one that must have said i, I don't see anything in the tur- i didn't know anything about turkey i didn't i didn't have a clue i think those are my words um one of the only things that i said that actually came off actually but um yeah no i I was pretty disappointed with them because you did have a look at the team. They had some names in there, but, you know. Another um, one of those teams who just didn't turn up. You know, that's the thing. 100%. That, I think, I think bad result in the first game just, just ruined them, I think, and that, that was the end of that. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I don't know if we would have beaten them had they not been trounced by Italy a couple of days before. Um, because I, I think their confidence levels were so low. They looked so unfit, I thought, though. Like, really, yeah, really unfit. That was a problem. They were unfit. Um, yeah, just didn't look up to it. Um, young player of the tournament, Callum. Um, a difficult one because, as I said, there it's been the, the tournament of kind of breakout stars, and and you know I've mentioned folk like Dumfries uh, for Holland. You know, didn't even cross my mind uh, when I was putting this list together. So, um, honourable mention for Saka. I think, regardless of the penalty thing, you, you said it before, Sam. Great tournament for him. Um, you know, kind of put himself on that stage and performed really well. Kept, uh, you know, like Grealish out of the team as well so you can't really argue with that and had the balls to take the fifth penalty you know he could have said no um, so honourable mention to him but for me the young player of the tournament um, from Denmark is Damsgaard um, who got the obviously got the, the goal against England uh, with a free kick uh, and also I think another goal um, two goals in total for the for him over the tournament um, really good looking player I think he'll go on to be a uh, you know have a very successful career at a very successful club mm. Can't I agree. I, I can't. I can't disagree with that. I thought he had a very good tournament, but I didn't pick him. It did cross my mind? There was a you know Saka again. Crossed my mind. Uh, even Ronaldo Sanchez to an extent because I thought he didn't. You know he didn't really have a bad tournament. But my young player of the tournament has to be Chiesa. Has really? to be. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. I thought. You know, every time he was on the ball, he was sharp. Something happened when he had the ball. You, you almost felt he was going to score every. I know he didn't, but you almost felt he would score every every time he had the ball, every game. So. He's a big lump he of a lad me. as well, isn't he? You know, it's just uh, a big lump of a lad. He, he yeah, will just yeah. get fired through those defence. So, yeah, I think, I didn't even think he was that young, to be honest. So I, didn't, I, I think didn't, he's 22, uh, something like that. Yeah. Um, 
I, I mean, I, is, it, is it a bit rude of me saying? Because I know, like, Saka's 19, but is it? I, I think, think, we're, going, I think we're going to 23. I think we're allowed. We just about creeps in then, yeah. Kiesa. Um, we've gone for three different choices, though. I went, I went to Spain and Pedri. Pedri. I just thought Pedri for an 18-year-old, he controlled the midfield, even against Italy. Like, you know, you said they stifled Jorginho and him and Busquets were fully and solely responsible for that. Um, but everyone else they played, he just absolutely bossed the midfield at 18. Um, massive, massive future. He's out of contract next year as well at Barca. And obviously we all know the problems going on at Barcelona at the moment. So there could be potentially a little move on the horizon next year um, for free even. So and he see. got the official young player of the tournament award as well, didn't he? he did, so, yeah, he did. So, you know, <laughs> you wait for agree with me, guys. So. <laughs> I'll take that. No, I just thought he was superb. Like he, he looked, he looked old beyond his years. I think he looked so experienced. Um, and he's had a really good season for Barcelona as well. A lot of people are sort of sleeping on it because they didn't win the league. Another won the cup, but um, yeah, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Pedri. Um, other than UEFA, <laughs> um, the big one, player of the tournament, Callum. Uh, okay, so again, a very difficult decision on this one, and I've got. If I can indulge myself with three honourable mentions um, before the winner. So Calvin Phillips, I think, is is never mind young player. I think he could have uh, easily picked that up. If, if England had won the Cup, I imagine he probably would have. Um, so Phillips, uh, Chiesa, another one for me. I think, again, you know, age doesn't matter. I think he was still one of the best players there. Uh, the little car that took the ball onto the pitch, you know, I think that's <laughs> you know, definitely... <laughs> Definitely up in with a shout for that one. I'm just disappointed only, only made a handful of appearances, you know. But, um, <laughs> but for me, player of the tournament, uh, captain fantastic, 36, almost 37 years old, uh, Giorgio Chiellini. Um, I think summed up, not with the Saka thing, but um, summed up, I think, in the second half of extra time against England, um, still overlapping the left back um, to, to get into the box and put crosses in. So, yeah, for me... He's the spirit of the Italian team. Benucci alongside him, obviously, is a big part of that. And I know they do everything together uh, off the pitch as well as on it. But um, for me, yeah, the spirit of the Italian team, they look worse without him when he, when he did set out a game or two. Um, so for me, yeah, he's the man. Can we settle once and for all the social media debate? Was it a red card or should no. it have been? No. Like, no. Right, was it no. rightly decided no. as no. a yellow? No, yellow card. I'm not having anybody say it was a red, it was a yellow I completely agree Agreed. with you. Agreed. It, it was I, honestly, I think that's such a clever foul. It shows is it, like how how much of an expert he is in defense. I think Mourinho said a couple of years ago, didn't he, that Benucci and Chiellini could teach a class at Harvard on how to defend. And I think this tournament says it all. Um, that was such a clever. Foul. Did it when 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 I saw him do? I was sat with my father. My father isn't no, he's, he's a very steeped in football knowledge, or you know, he likes to watch a game, but he's not you know terribly knowledgeable about it. He said, you can't do that. He just ripped him back. And I said, yeah, but it wasn't a foul. He did what he had to do. It was an intelligent foul. He did what he had to do. It was either that or he has to try and keep up in a race with Saka. And as good as he is, he's, he's not doing that. So he, he used his head instead. Alex, player of the tournament. Um, well, like Callum, I had a few. I got Pogba down. I thought Pogba had a really good tournament. Um, again, like Callum, I had an England player, but I had Declan Rice. I thought Declan Rice... Personally, I thought I mentioned it earlier. I thought it had a really good tournament. Um, the other half of that defensive partnership, I went for Bonucci only because I, I would have said Chiellini as well, but just you know, he didn't play the whole thing. 
if he did, you know, could easily have had player of the tournament, you know, from whoever. Um, but I went for Jorginho just for reasons I said earlier. I couldn't not. I couldn't not. I agreed with you. Jorginho was my favorite tournament as well. Yeah, very, very close second was Luke Shaw. I think Luke Shaw had a superb mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah. Um, and for me, was there. he was my second choice. If they did, it, it basically hinged on the final. Whoever won that final, if England won it, Luke Shaw would have been my player of the tournament, without a doubt. Particularly given the goal that he scored in the final. But yeah, I think Jorginho is just... I think he's shown his class. Like, a, like really, really... I, didn't he sign for like 40 million or something? Um, which at the time I was like, that's ridiculous for a player like, you know, nobody really knows. Played for Napoli. Nobody really knew him. Um, but I think he's he's proven he's worth that, if not a lot more. And I'd love to see him win the Ballon d'Or, but I think given what happened in the Copper America on Saturday night, I think that's pretty unlikely now. I think I, I don't think Ronaldo's going to go without a, without a bit of a shout as well, because, you know, he had top scorer. He's still got half a season. Well, I say half a season. He has to start the season and, you know, with um, with Juventus. I know there's not too much he can do. It's not, you know, he can't really win anything, but, you know, he can boost his numbers a bit. But I don't think he'll go without uh, without a fight. He'll always be there or thereabouts, won't he? You know, I, as long as he's still playing, he's, he's going to have his eye on it. That's just the way he is. Well, I think there we are. are. I think that's our Euros review. Now, this really is the last episode until our Premier League. Until next week, and we come back. Genuinely, and say, oh, yeah, yes, again. Um, I think it's probably only about three weeks, two, two, three weeks now until uh, we're back. They'll doing our previews. Thank you, Callum, for joining us. Do you want to plug much, plug Callum. your podcast? Your social yeah, media? absolutely. Yeah, come along and, and tune in to Veilcast every Thursday night at seven thirty. Uh, it is the official club podcast of Devonville Football Club, a Highland League team uh, up in Scotland. So our season starts uh, a week on Saturday, on the 24th of July, uh, with a home game against Broader Rangers. And we'll be discussing all of the thrills and spills of that um, the following episode. So yeah, feel free to come along. We'll get us on, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere else that you get your podcast from. Um, and yeah, thanks very much again, guys, for, for having me on. No problem. I will be investing in a Devonville um, shirt. It's I think. only Brilliant. fair. I think it's only Brilliant. fair. We are like to Everybody's um, favourite Scottish team. Forget yeah. Rangers, forget Celtic. Yeah. It's Devonville. You know, like everybody's like, oh, do you follow Scottish football? And be like, oh, are you Rangers or Celtic? I'll be like, no. Nice. <laughs> 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 That's brilliant. Brilliant. Yep. Well, make sure you send us some photos of that. So. Yeah, we will do. We will do. Um, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for listening all season. I did this last time, but thank you again. We've uh, so it's been our first season in the podcast game. We've loved it, and uh, big things next year. Big things. We're hoping anyway. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully, we'll see. Well, I, if we have a way, we'll you you'll hear Callum's voice again next season. So, uh, <laughs> we don't answer to no one, so you know. Hey, more than happy to come on anytime, guys. And you know, as as I said in the last time I was on, you know, if you guys ever fancy an on the road day up to Bam. Um, if you're coming up to Scotland for any games then feel free let us know and we'll get you along to Princess Royal Park for game. Oh, away days <laughs> we'll organise a friendly we'll get swans up Actually, yeah. we, we, can, we cancelled the friendly today against Swindon so yeah ring it up <laughs> see, see if we get the swans up anyway uh, we're waffling now guys <laughs> <We'll>, uh, <laughs> when we, aren't we waffling um, in, enjoy your uh, three weeks of summer I suppose you know, until we're back uh, me and Alex will be back then with Premier League previews um, with some very special guests. So we'll see you then. Thank <laughs> you for uh, We'll see you soon. Ta-ra. Take care, guys. <laughs>